Here's what's coming up on today's show. Being aware of what tax code law is and and how you can take advantage legally of the tax code, that's what we're going to do. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Hello and welcome into Perfect Game Retirement. Glad to have you. I'm Ben George. He's Ryan Ledden over at Black Oak Asset Management. Today, we are going to kind of focus on this kind of year in planning conversation. So we're recording this um, as the year is coming to a close. And as this comes out, we'll be closing in our final month of the year. So if you are listening when we release, thank you for that. And also, this might be a little more pertinent, but it's good information for anyone, no matter when you're listening, some tax planning questions that come up this time of the year and uh, some things to be thinking about as the year closes out. Because I know, Ryan, we talk about tax planning is important year round, but there are some things you really pay attention to as the year comes to a close, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's and it's crazy. You just started with that intro. I mean, I guess about the time this podcast is going to be released, we're going to be uh, closing in on Thanksgiving. Um Again, which is which is nuts, but yeah, there are. I mean, there's things to look at. It depends on what types of accounts. It depends on if you're, you know, a small business owner and you have a solo 401k, SEP IRA. I mean, those are those last minute contributions that you can put in to save uh, for taxes. Because a lot of small business owners don't know exactly how much they're going to make for the whole year until that year hits. Um, a lot of W-2 employees don't have that luxury as much because uh, they've been putting into their 401k all year. Now you can up your 401k contributions toward the end of the year if you haven't maxed those out. Uh, maybe you're getting a bonus toward the end of the year. Um, a lot of companies don't do that till the beginning of next year because it's based off of twenty the end of year 2022. Uh, profits, if you will. So there are some things you can do. A lot of times we take the approach in November and December, how do we increase their taxes for the year? <laughs> People are like, what in the world? Hmm. So this is where we look at Roth conversions because uh, Roth conversions have to be done by the end of the year. So it is, uh, you know, it's not saving you taxes. We're adding taxes to you this year. Some people are like, why does that make sense? Why would I do that? Well, it depends. It depends on where you're at from a tax bracket standpoint. But if you can do some Roth conversions and start moving that IRA money over to your Roth, yes, it increases your tax liability for the current year, but that's where we do it strategically so you know how much your taxes are going to be. But once it's in that Roth, you know, as long as you leave it in there until after 59 and a half and for five years, you that, that all that money is 100% tax-free. So we're going to really get into tax planning today. Now, so not everything we talk about today will be end of year conversation. There's going to be some really common retirement planning questions that we get asked about taxes, but, you know, be thinking about it no matter what part of the year you're in. Tax planning can be a huge benefit for you over time, especially as you get into retirement. You want to keep as much of that money as possible. And uh, doing tax planning now can really help for that. If you have questions, if you want uh, to discuss your tax situation a little bit more, or if you have some end-of-year stuff you want to go through with Ryan, best place to start is blackoakam.com. You can schedule your retirement coach 360 session there as well. Make sure also, maybe a good stocking stuff for this year. Your book, Ryan, Don't Strike Out, Lessons there for Winning Life in Retirement. That's nice Ryan's plug. Book. Nice yeah, plug. <laughs> we'll look at that again uh, next episode or two as well. But uh, a lot of great resources on the website is why I wanted to mention that. So again, blackoakam.com is a great place to start once you get done with the podcast. But we appreciate you listening today. All right. So let's let's talk about some of these questions and, and let's also address some of the mistakes that get made and 
and why a proper plan can make a, a really significant difference in someone's tax savings. Um, a lot of people wonder if there are strategies they could use while they're still working to improve their tax situation down the road. I know we, we touch on a few of these, but um, how do you usually respond to those kinds of questions? So, I mean, it does depend. I mean, there's so many different things when it comes, because obviously tax law changes all the time. Um, you know, what, what is people tax situation going to be while they're working versus in retirement? And we don't know. I mean, we know that this tax, uh, climate that we're in right now is, is supposed to sunset at the end of 2025 and, and it's supposed to revert back, um, in 2026 to, I think 2017 levels. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's the year or 18, somewhere in there, but it reverts back to that. But there's no guarantee that's going to be the case. I guarantee, uh, depending on how the midterm elections go this year, it may change even bef- sooner than that. It may change before then. And what does that look like? I, I don't know. So we try to do as much tax planning now and what it's going to look like in the future, but I don't know which direction they're going to go. I don't think it's going to go down. Um, we got kind of a debt issue uh, in this country. <laughs> so we try to prepare and we try to forward, uh, kind of forward thinking with these things because Capital gains rates could change because um, it depends on types of accounts that you have. There's different, you know, there's ordinary income, there's state income, there's capital gains, long-term, short-term, Roth accounts tax-free, Social Security's taxed differently. I mean, there's so many different things and all those things flow through your tax return and they affect your Social Security in retirement. They affect your Medicare premiums. So it's, it's the, the reason why we talk about taxes is because it's it's such a big part of it. Now, again, we don't prepare taxes, but it could really change how much you owe the federal government um, in, in in retirement. So, you know, a lot of people talk about like deductions and, and, and what do those look like in, in retirement? Well, that's something that could change right now. Most people, and I remember reading a stat on who actually itemizes their deductions and who actually just uses the standard deductions. Mm-hmm. Well, the overwhelming majority of people do the standard deduction. So who cares what your deductions are? If you use the standard deduction, it doesn't matter. Um, if you itemize, okay, different story. But right now the standard deduction is so high that most people just say, yep, I'll, I'll take the standard deduction because my itemized deductions don't come anywhere close. If you ever wonder about if you should pay your house off and you get the the mortgage deduction, well, I'm not going to even try to describe that, but you're not better off. If, if you want to Google search Dave Ramsey's talk on should I pay my house off or keep the mortgage uh, interest deduction and, and he'll go off for about 20 minutes on the math. It makes no sense to keep a house just for a write-off. It makes zero sense. So there's things like that that they could change, but most of the time, like deductions, they you know, charitable giving, people may not be able to give as much because maybe their income is a little bit less in retirement. So um, there, there's so many different aspects, but, but knowing uh, the, the tax law as much as you can, obviously CPAs need to kind of sign off on this thing, but being aware of what tax code law is and, and how you can take advantage legally of the tax code, that's what we're going to do. All right. Good stuff. All right. Here's a common question for you. Uh, am I going to have as many deductions in retirement as I did while working? Yeah, probably not. Um, like in my situation, I'll, I'll use me as a small business owner uh, who's uh, an LLC S corporation. Well, there's there's a lot of deductions that you can run through a business. Now, obviously, the IRS comes through those things and looks. Okay, is this a legit you know um, company expense? Okay, that's a deduction. So there's there's a lot of things if you own your own business. If you're a W two employee, you're way more limited. And then when you get into retirement, 
your deductions are even a whole lot less. Uh, again, going back to the standard deduction thing, you're, you're probably just using the standard deduction. And maybe, and I'm not telling you to stop giving, charitable giving is a great thing, but maybe you devote more time uh, to that because you know, the, the, the God that I answer to is not keeping a tally of how much money you're giving. He, he wants you to give, but that means, you know, time as well, uh, time, talent, and treasure. So you, you can give more time into that aspect to volunteer. So that's just the same. Uh, so maybe you don't have the capacity to give as much from a dollar standpoint, but you can from a time standpoint. So usually deductions are, are going to be a, a whole lot less and depending on what standard deductions do down the road, that's, that's probably the way you're going to go unless they really, really cut uh, standard deductions. And then, okay, if you still got a house payment, all right, maybe that adds in there. Maybe you got to do some charitable giving. Okay, maybe that adds in there. And there's there's some top-line deductions, too, that stay in there as well. So it could be, but but standard deductions probably, um, excuse me, itemized deductions probably, probably aren't going to help you in retirement. It'll probably just be the standard. Yeah, along the same lines, a lot of people would just assume their taxes are going to be lower in retirement. Mm -hmm. Are they are they often right about that? Uh, great question. Um, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, the the rates that we're in right now are so low, and the income bands in each bracket, so the ten, the twelve, the twenty two to twenty four, so on and so forth. Those income bands are so large in those accounts now. Uh, excuse me, in those brackets, especially the twenty two and the twenty four. A lot of times, you know, most people we see are in the 22 or 24% tax bracket. And, and so it's really difficult to be less than that because so many people's retirement is in pre-tax accounts. So when you have pre-tax accounts, that increases, that's, that's taxable income, which then increases the taxes on your social security, so on and so forth. So a lot of times where people are right there and it's not like your lifestyle is slashed. You don't, you know, you don't retire and all of a sudden spend half what you were doing before. No, you probably spend just as much, if not more. So the income requirement, especially right off the shoot is, is about the same. And that's not everybody, but I see it more times than not. So there's not this huge, usually drastic change in taxes. Now, if you save right the whole way um, along the way and you're pulling money out of your Roth, that's not taxable income. That's income, but that's not taxable income, which makes you save on Social Security, makes your Medicare premiums less. I mean, it's it's amazing how that flow through on your tax return. It just it it moves the needle in one direction or the other, depending on how you saved. All right, let's go to another common question that you get asked, and this is a good one because this is something that's important for everyone to understand. But are all of my retirement accounts taxed the same? Yeah, definitely not. And again, goes back to what that flow through on your tax return looks like. So a lot of times that very top item, top line item is what your what your income is. I mean, there's another line item for pensions, IRA distributions, how much of those IRA distributions are taxable. Uh, so all that flows through and then below that is your social security. So IRAs, Traditional IRAs and pre-tax 401ks are fully taxable. Now, up the standard deduction is like the first amount of money that is quote-unquote free. That's your standard deduction. So there's no cost for your standard deduction. Then above and beyond that, it's ordinary income. It's, it's federal. It's state. Um, Social Security is, like I said, it's not fully taxable as of right now. As the recording of the show, 15% of your social security, if your income is high enough, is gonna be tax-free. The 85% of it 
is going to be taxed at your taxable rate. It's not taxed at 85%. 85% of it is taxed at your rate, whether that's the 12, the 22, the 24, but it, it flows through and you see it on, um, on your tax return. Uh, brokerage accounts, that's your, that's your non-qualified or um, taxable accounts that you can invest in along the way, but it's not tax sheltered from uh, taxes uh, as you go through life. So dividends, interest, they may be taxed along the way. And then you pay capital gains on any time you liquidate funds. Well, capital gains could be long-term or short-term. Long-term rates are, 50, are zero, 15, or 20%. Depends on what tax bracket you're in. Now, I can go down that rabbit hole all day long, but it depends on where you're at. If you're in the 10 or 12% tax bracket, your capital gains rate zero. So that's a huge planning strategy right there in retirement. If you can keep yourself in the 12% or less tax bracket, any capital gains is going to be zero as long as you hold it for 366 days. Again, a lot of information. This is probably like, oh my gosh, I got to hit 15 seconds back several times and, and re, <laughs> re, uh, learn, uh, listen to that. But again, more can be said about that. But and then anything above the 12% tax bracket, the 22 all the way through most of the 35% tax bracket, you got um, 15% capital gains rate, which is still good. That's less. If you just heard the percentages there, that's less than ordinary income. So that's still good, uh, but it's still taxable. And then if you're in the, the part of the 35 and all of the 37% tax bracket, your, your uh, cap gains rate is 20%. So it's all over the map. Here's where planning comes into play. So I had a conversation earlier with a guy and he's like, so can you guarantee, I quote, can you guarantee a certain uh, rate of return? I'm like, that word is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> so no, I don't, I, I cannot do that. So he's like, so what do I need an advisor for? I'm like, oh man, do, do I even try to <laughs> go down this and, and go through just that question I answered right there? There's why you hire an advisor right there of, of just tax planning and how you're going to take this money out in retirement and try to keep it uh, from, from paying too many taxes. So there's so much to it. Sorry, that was probably a very long answer to your question. But uh, yeah, they're definitely not taxed the same. And it's so important to understand. And, you know, not everybody does. And that and that's and that's fine because it isn't that that clear a lot of ways. And taxes can be very confusing. And to your point, right, you know, somebody might might think, well, if you can't guarantee me anything, why do I want to work with an advisor? But Give me an example or two um, of a mistake that you've seen, a bad mistake that you've seen maybe that, that people have made with their investments that could have been avoided had they talked with someone like you first. Yeah, a lot of the the types of investments you have. So it's not only what what types of investments or funds that you have. A lot of it depends on what type of account you have them in. And what I mean by that is, so going back to that last point of a non-qualified or a brokerage account or an investment account. That's one that's not tax sheltered. Okay. So that's going to be taxed. If it's long-term capital gains, that's going to be taxed at long-term cap gains rate. Again, like I said, it's either going to be zero, 15 or 20. Well, in those types of accounts, you want to take on as much risk as you can in those accounts. Meaning if you have individual stocks, they need to go in a brokerage account. If you do ETFs, they need to go in a brokerage account. Any bonds, bond mutual funds, those are taxed differently. Those are going to be taxed more at ordinary income rates. So those need to go inside your IRAs that are tax shelter. So sometimes I'll see people with bond funds in a brokerage account in those equity investments in their IRAs. I'm like, why do you have that? Um, 
and they don't, can't really give me a reason why, but I'm like, you realize these bonds are, are, are taxed at ordinary income and these are not. So we just need to do like a fruit basket turnover here and move those from one account to the next. So that way you're just saving on, you still have the same investments. You're just being taxed differently. So that's one very common example that I see is not necessarily what you have. It's where you have those investments. Yeah, that's a great example. All right, we're going through some common retirement planning questions about taxes that Ryan gets. Um, in retirement, right, we're, we always try to maximize our money. And I'm sure you probably get this one. Is there a way to get tax-free income in retirement? Yeah. Uh, and like I said, the up to the standard deduction, that's essentially tax-free. I mean, I know it's eating through your standard deduction, but it's technically tax-free. Um, obviously, Roths, Roth accounts, Roth 401ks, Roth IRAs, again, as long as you're 59 and a half and have had that money in there for five years. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's tax-free income uh, as well. And if you can keep that uh, income low enough, again, the, the social security could be a hundred percent tax-free as well. Um, it's, it's difficult for it not to be taxed, but you have to be really structured, right? And have money saved in those Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. It's, it's possible, uh, difficult, uh, but it really takes some long-term planning and some adjustments that need to be made. But if you're listening to this and you're young, yeah, do as much Roth stuff as you can. Uh, some of you have been doing pre-tax your whole life and there's really nothing you can do about it right now to be completely tax-free. Now you can be more tax efficient, but to be a hundred percent tax-free is, is, it's pretty tough to do, but it's possible. All right. Uh, in retirement, people are maybe thinking about moving potentially, or you know, even now, right? When, with with remote work and the ability to kind of work wherever, you know, the question sometimes will come up whether or not they should move to an income uh, tax free state. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I mean, we're surrounded by them here in, in Georgia. I mean, you go uh, you go north and you go south. You can you can be in one. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a thing you, you can, I mean, I, I did it when I got drafted, I declared residency in Florida. So my sign and bonus was not taxed by Georgia, Georgia state tax. Um, and I had a CPA do it. It's perfect. You can do that. Cause I was part of the year I was living in Florida. So perfectly legal thing to do. So yeah, there, there's some, there's definitely ways to cut out that state income tax by moving to a state that does not, uh, does not have that state tax. Usually state taxes aren't a whole lot, I guess, unless you live in California, but, um, here in the Southeast that there, if you're in a tax state, it's usually not too terribly high, five, 6%, but Hey, it's five or 6%. You may not have to pay. Yeah, no question. Um, let's kind of wrap it up. Let's maybe do a little more, uh, firsthand account or story that, that you have about a, a tax planning strategy you've used in the past that, that really can make a significant difference in someone's retirement plan? Yeah. I mean, th there's so many different um, t ways to, to go at this, but I did have a um, client who, or a couple that came in and we were looking at what their income is now and what their income is in retirement. I think I've referenced this story before, but it just sticks out in my head so much that they have saved so well and they had unbelievable pensions. So good for them. That is awesome. So they're going to have a tax issue in retirement. I guess a tax issue is kind of a silver lining good thing because that means you got income. However, it's taxable income. Um, so they were looking at what they have now and they're thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to be in a higher tax bracket down the road. Because again, they, they made good money, not huge amounts, but they saved so well and it was all pre-tax, but that's all they had access to. So they didn't do anything wrong. That's all they had access to. 
So they had about a 10-year window where they can start really taking a hard look at, all right, we need to start doing Roth conversions. Yes, does it increase our tax liability now? Yeah, but we already know our tax liability is going to be higher in retirement. So when we take this money out, especially at 72, when we have required minimum distributions, it's really going to throw them in a higher tax bracket. So it's pay me now, pay me later with the IRS. So they're looking at it like, okay, well, we can afford the tax bill right now because we're earning money. And so we can just make sure, okay, we're saving the taxes for these Roth conversions because when you get in, in retirement and you're taking these required minimum distributions out each year, it's like you take money out to pay the tax, to pay the tax, to pay the tax, to pay the tax. It's just it's, it's like a rat in a wheel. You just keep taking money out to pay the tax, to pay the tax. To pay. It's just, it's like a never ending cycle. So um, to, to, to be aware that you have time to plan for this. Some of you may not, uh, and I get that, but some of you have time to, uh, to plan around this stuff and to make adjustments along the way. Now, it doesn't mean you have to clean out your entire IRA and put it in a Roth. There, there are certain things you can do uh, to lower that amount, but uh, don't be so consumed with converting the whole thing over. If you can, great. Then you're not at the mercy of what tax rates change to. If you got most of your money in uh, Roth accounts and brokerage accounts, you don't really care what the federal government does with tax rates because you're not going to be in a taxable income situation. It's just an income situation. So that's what it's about, uh, being as tax efficient and income efficient as you can in retirement. All right, very good. So these are just some of the common questions that Ryan gets as far as taxes go. But again, as you can see, there's a lot that goes into it. So it's tough to do on your own to try to figure out all these small details and understand how everything truly works and to really maximize what you're doing with your money and your investment. So you want to sit down and work with a professional. If you want to work with Ryan, you can always schedule a Retirement Coach 360 session online right now. Just visit blackoakam.com. Got offices in Alpharetta and Cartersville as well, serving that entire Atlanta area. And you can call them at 470-508-0508. All right. Sometimes we also get some questions that come in from beyond uh, the, the state borders. And we got one this week from Charlotte, who is actually in Charlotte. She says, I'm 60 and I'd love to retire. And I think I probably could. But it just seems like everyone I know waits until they're at least 65 or 66. Is it a bad idea to retire now? Uh, no. Next question. <laughs> uh, so no, Charlotte, it just depends on what you got going on. Obviously, most people use the standard 65-year-old um, retirement date because that's when Medicare kicks in. Uh, so some people don't know what their health care uh, or, excuse me, health insurance situation is going to be between 60 and 65. If you got that ironed out, maybe your employer will continue to pay it. Some people have that benefit. They put in a certain amount of years and they have it until age 65 and then Medicare kicks in. Uh, depends on if you're married, if it's just you, Charlotte, depends on your income levels. I mean, your health insurance premiums may not be as much as you think. Uh, so don't not retire just because of a health insurance situation. If you can get coverage uh, or it's through your employer and the premiums aren't a whole lot, then then go ahead and do it. But most people at 65, uh, you threw in the year 66, that may be because they're, uh, we still have people that are able to collect Social Security at 66 in you know, two months, 66 in four months. It depends on what year they were born in. Uh, soon it will be everybody after 1960 who is retiring, was born in 1960, is retiring, will be age 67. 
Uh, but there is a, a few years there still left where people are 66 and some change as far as declaring their social security at their FRA or their full retirement age. So yeah, Charlotte, don't, again, it's, it's your situation, not what everybody else is doing. So it's usually 65 is the standard for a lot of people. Great question. Thank you for that, Charlotte. And if you have one for us, send it in. Blackoakam.com is the website. You can do it there. All right. We've got one more question to wrap things up with. This for you specifically, Ryan. It's a getting to know you question this week. Got this one for you. If you were heading out on a road trip, which I know you take a few of those and you're making a playlist, what are the top songs you'd put on there? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I would do, well, I don't know about the individual song. Anything Corn or Metallica. That, I mean, I look at my Pandora stations right now. I got Corn Radio, Metallica Radio, <laughs> um, Heavy Metal. What's the other one I have? Um, let's make some of you alternative metalheads in here. Um, Decibel, that's a good one. That's a hard rock radio for all you uh, um, metal listeners out there. But yeah, it's hard to pick the actual songs, but um, I even got my daughter, my 11-year-old likes corn. It's awesome. She listens really? now. <laughs> now there's only like four songs we can listen to because the language is terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, she she was watching. There's a documentary on Netflix about Woodstock 99. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating if no one else has seen it. Cause that's, that's kind of my generation. That's, I mean, in, in 99, I was playing minor league baseball. I was 21. Uh, so Woodstock with the bands that they had there and corn was one of the bands. So my, my daughter was watching again, it was not age appropriate, but the, the, I started the, the video right where, uh, corn took the stage on a Friday night and they were the, I think Bush was on after them. So they weren't the, the, the headline band, but they were the second. And I mean, it was like 300,000 people. So like seeing mm-hmm. that stage with like 300,000 people just jumping around. I mean, it was crazy. She was just like mesmerized by all those people. So anyway, so now she listens to it with me in, uh, in the car. So um, <laughs> I don't know if my wife really likes that very much, but yeah, anything with those two bands, um, I've listened to them for a long, long time. I mean, I remember warming up in middle school basketball, listening to the black album, uh, with Metallica. So mm-hmm. it's, it goes back a long way. <laughs> yeah. Those are some good ones. So you'd be, you'd be, you'd be going driving pretty fast. It sounds like, uh, on, on your road trips. <laughs> Listen to that. Oh, yeah. My man. wife tells me I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, good stuff, Ryan, as always, uh, great to catch up with you. I'm glad we could answer some of these retire, uh, retirement planning questions that deal with taxes. And again, as we close out on the end of the year. It's a great time to be thinking about tax planning, what you could do to save money, or maybe uh, do put yourself in a better position heading into 2023. So if you have questions, again, blackoakam.com is the website and the phone number, as well as 470-508-0508. Good stuff, Ryan. Thanks for your time today, your insight as always, and I uh, look forward to catching up in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Perfect Game Retirement. Please hit subscribe, too, if you haven't done that for us. We'd appreciate that. It helps the show continue to grow. And any feedback you have, send it our way. We'd appreciate to hear from you. So thanks for your time today, as always. For Ryan Led and I am Ben George. Take care. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. 
You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledner, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.